And we've been talking about uh, the weapons that we have. And man, I've been so encouraged to, to equip us and that, that we have been equipped from God with weapons. Aren't you glad for the Second Amendment? <laughs> In America, right? Why? Because we need to defend ourselves, don't we? You know, who gets, um, it, things don't happen until they happen, right? Remember what happened at Pearl Harbor? What happened at Pearl Harbor? It's because we weren't ready. Were we? we weren't seeing anything coming, and we weren't ready, and we, and we had to get all our arms together and, and, and develop a response. But, you know, the Word of God actually tells us that we have an enemy all the time, and to be oblivious to that and, and to not be armed against him we're just setting ourselves up for, for some, some damage, some, some effect against us. And sometimes things are happening in our life. We don't even realize why, but we have not armed ourselves against him. Yeah. So we've been looking at this for a few weeks. And last week, we, we talked about one of the biggest things that we as humans have are, uh, is this attitude, and there's two sides of this, of being offended does anybody ever bother you? This is one of the biggest... <laughs> they're pointing at each other. Right. <laughs> right. This is one of the biggest challenges of being a sibling is, is getting over... It's like I, I was... Um, um, oh, a cat. Yeah, cat is the eldest of seven. And I said, oh, you're one of those. Because <laughs> I, I, I am the fourth and my eldest sibling is a girl. And oh, she's wonderful. I mean, she's the reason I'm doing what I'm doing right now. She's an encourager, but I had problems with her. She wasn't very tall, but she thought she could tell me to do anything. And I'm, I was a boy. I, man, I got some testosterone going on. It's like, even as a child, I'm, I'm not going to be told what to do by my older sister. And anyway, I, I got corrected with that a few times, but... <laughs> But in our society today, but it's, 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 I mean, it was the first murder take, took place because of what? Because somebody got offended. I didn't get treated right. You know, and it wasn't even him that did it. He, 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 he was, he, he, Cain says, you know, I, I didn't have a good offering before God. I didn't do something right. And so I'm going to kill my brother. Why? Because there's this, there's this. Feeling of being guilty for one thing or, or being offended. And then there's this need to make it right somehow that I have to go to court. I have to take somebody to court. I have to sue them because I'm going to make sure that it's done right. I need to be taken care of. <laughs> somebody's done something wrong and somebody's guilty for it and somebody's going to pay. This is the state of mankind, is it not? And this is why Jesus came, right? He came to take everything that we could do wrong and to say, we're going to take that off the board. And now you don't have to feel bad about something. And here's the key. You don't have to hold something against somebody. One of the biggest things the enemy wants to do to us, and we have an enemy. He's wanting to, to attack us. One of the biggest things he wants to do to us is to cause us to get into unforgiveness. We talked about this in detail last week. And what we don't realize is that it's hurting us. Right? right? Yeah. It's not hurting the other person. It's hurting us right. when we fail to forgive. Yeah. And so 
We looked at this last week, and I, and I called this the stealth weapon. You know, don't you like these stealth planes, you know? Actually, they have, they have, uh, um, they have drones now, don't they? They can sit somewhere in North Carolina and fly a drone over the Middle East, and they don't even know it's coming. And, a and man, they're knocked out Why? with a stealth weapon. Something comes in. It doesn't even have a guy in it. It's just, that seems kind of cowardly, doesn't it? <laughs> you don't even have a person you can shoot back at. And yet, and, and, and yet that's effective, isn't it? And I saw forgiveness because what God has come to do for us is to forgive us. But not to just forgive us and make it so, swear something that, that we get off the hook for something. But, and this is where I kind of want to look at today is because what we, what we receive, we're enabled to give. And so the, the, the forgiveness that we've received, and this is why Jesus came. He didn't, say, he didn't come and say, now, if you, if you just hurt yourself bad enough, if you, just, if you beat up yourself enough, then I'm going to forgive you. You know, that's how we do to people a lot of times. We do, if you you got to say sorry, right? You got you to gotta whine and say sorry. You got to do something before I'm going to forgive you. And then we can even hold on to unforgiveness even then, can't we? But what Jesus came to do, is before we do anything right at all, he says, I forgive you. I forgive you. And it's a stealth weapon because what it does is it comes in and it undermines anything that we could have against him. We can't have anything against Jesus. He's forgiven us about anything, right? <laughs> and, so, and so he says, I'm going to give you this, this weapon that you can use yourself. And we don't think about forgiveness as a weapon, do we? I hadn't anyway until I started talking about this. It's like, wow, God, he, said, he, he says, I'm giving you, by forgiving you, I'm actually giving you the capacity to release somebody else from the bondage that you put them in. And it's something that you're doing yourself. He says, I'm going to... I'm going to give you a weapon you can use. It's a stealth weapon. You get, just like I did, you get to do. You get to release forgiveness before somebody does anything. And we looked how this works, and, and this is something that God has given us to be able to do. And the last part of this is what I want to get into today. Because what he's called us to be is not just somebody that tries to have forgiveness, but we actually get on the side of God where we're actually wanting that person to be restored. We're not just trying to forget. To, and forgiveness a lot of times to us is like, I'm just going to try to not think about it anymore. And, and when I do, I'm, I'm just going to somehow try to, and it doesn't work, does it? Because like, that thing is still there, right? It's not going to get away from us. But God has given us, in the way he does things, what happens with... Um, Okay, so if somebody's really offended us in a bad way, you know somebody, you know, you know they, they killed your dog. You know, they, they did something that just like, I'm not, I don't even want to be around them. They're just, there's somebody that I just don't even like anymore. And it's not like you have to do that. You don't have to get into a personal relationship with them again. But there's something that God brings into your life that you can begin to now not see them according to the flesh anymore. What is, what is the flesh? That, that's something that's been done to you. And it's, and it's hurting you from the outside, right? And what God wants to take us to is, is to a place of being able to be on God's side for that person. Whether you ever talk to them again or not. 
you can be on God's side. That means you can begin to speak words. And, and this, this, this is one of the most powerful things we have, our words. You can begin to speak words of life over that person. Whether you ever talk to them again personally, because what God wants about everybody, no matter how bad they are. Do you, do you know anybody that's really bad? I mean, get on your Fox app right now and you'll find somebody that's really bad. All they do is put stuff on there that's bad, isn't it? What somebody did wrong. <laughs> There's some really bad people in the world. We might know them. We might think that we are in close relationship to them. I won't say anything about how close we are to people. But for every person that we could be holding something again against, Jesus came and gave his life for. And the only way we have mercy before him is the very same thing that God offers to that person. And he wants us to be on his side when it comes to that person. He doesn't want us to be on the side of the one that's trying to destroy them. Who is the destroyer? It's the one that has words of accusation. Words that say, I'm not forgiven. And how does this happen? This happens when we get around each other. We start to discuss how bad this was. This person did something, right? And whose side are we on immediately? We're on the, on the side of the, the destroyer. Yeah, that's right. And God said, I'm going to give you something here that's going to help you with this. But you're going to have to get on my side. If you've received some forgiveness, then your power now, actually a gift to you, is going to be to release that. But what's it going to look like? And this is what we're going to kind of get into today. All right? So I have another weapon. You want to hear my description of this weapon? What was the last one that we looked at? Stealth, right? No, I, we're, we're, we're talking in military terms here. Yeah, not none of the spiritual stuff yet. Okay. <laughs> this weapon... Okay, and I was thinking about this. You know, back in the medieval times, you know, watch any of those movies? I mean, people are right in each other's faces, hitting each other with, with swords and, and, and knives and stuff and actually grabbing them by hand. And what is that? That's one person against another person with some kind of weapon. But what happened? They, they came up with explosives, didn't they? And what do explosives do? That's if somebody's back there in the sound booth I want to get all of them at once. <laughs> I don't want to just see how good of a marksman I am. I just want to get close. What do they say about close doesn't count except for in what, with what? Horseshoes and grenades, right? Now, why are grenades? Why does close matter? Because you don't actually have to touch them. You just have to get in the proximity, don't you? <laughs> Hang with me on this. This is really good, okay? Can you say this is really good? Yeah, say this is really good. Get excited. Yeah, all right. Okay. <laughs> so what are they? they came up with weapons that, that you can just lob a grenade back there and anything within a certain uh, proximity gets affected, right? <laughs> and then what happened? Man, they have a movie out right now. Anybody f familiar with this movie that's out right now? What, what's it called? Um, it's about the bomb. It's about that big bomb. That they, Oppenheimer. They, Oppenheimer, right? The, the guy that actually made that come together somehow, I guess. And uh, 
But what happened with that? I mean, we're talking thousands of people just with one explosion. What is that called? And then somebody got in trouble because they thought some of these were in Iraq. Anybody want to help me with what these are called? There you go, WMD. So we're going to talk about WMDs today, okay? Are you good? Are you still as excited as you were? All right, okay. (laughs) But we're going to call these weapons of mass. Anybody want to guess what it's going to be? Oh, my goodness. You had a cheat sheet. Weapons of mass deliverance. And God has equipped us with this. There's this stealth thing that we can, we can get the heart of forgiveness that we are disabling separation and strife and stuff like that by going ahead and having the heart that we've been given in forgiveness. But there's another side of this that becomes devastating to the enemy when we get on the side of God and begin to speak words of life. It becomes explosive. It will not just affect this person and me. It will begin to affect an atmosphere around me. Okay? This is what's happened in America. One of the biggest things, what did make America, if you don't mind, I, I'm not, this isn't just political, but I, I think we should have a passion for our country and for the, the people that established it because they established it as one nation under God, didn't they? And, and, and the principle was, was to be that we would be united. So the biggest threat against America right now isn't nuclear armaments. The biggest threat against America and the biggest effect against America right now is strife, division, separation. And, and this is just in a natural realm, but, but this, is, this isn't just uh, philosophical. This is evil versus good. And, and there's always going to be fruit as a result of it. America will, will be destroyed and I'm not, this isn't something that's prophetic. It's just, this is the way it will be. If you can separate us enough. You know, I heard somebody talking about this. You can tell when you're getting on the winning side against a, a, an, a, an opposing team. When you hear them start bickering between each other. What did you do wrong? You missed that tackle. If you can get the opposing team to begin to dissent against each other. You're going to take them down. Why? Because the biggest threat isn't your pass, isn't your block. It's your ability to get in the head and cause there to be dissension and separation. Right? This is true in the reverse also. This is why it's so amazing. There was a, there was a Super Bowl that was won after they were way behind. I, I hate to say this, but it was the Chiefs. And... Um, they were, they were, wasn't it the Patriots that were way ahead of them? Or do, do I have this right? No, it was the Patriots. There we go. Patriots versus Falcons. I don't, I don't feel quite as bad about saying the Patriots were doing this. But um, they were way behind. And because they stayed united, they were able to still prevail. And this is the thing that, that sometimes it might look like Satan's up to something. But there's a scripture that says something about that. It says, when the enemy comes in, 
like a flood. What is that? What's a flood? It's, it's a united force of water that's, that's going to overtake, right? This is like a flood. The, the, the spirit of the Lord will rise up and it will cause it to be removed, right? So what God wants to do is not just get us to offload guilt to forgive. He wants us to become a weapon of mass deliverance. So what's happened in our country, and I, I want to just return to this just a little bit. This isn't just a bunch of strife that you can find on social media all the time. It's a spirit. It's a spirit that's covered our, our country. That people are suspicious of, e- of each other. You're afraid to say anything to anybody. It's a spirit. It might, it, it, and it's probably, a, it's probably a minority that has, has engendered this thing, but it's exploded to, it goes into churches, it goes into families, and it's a devastating sense of accusation, right? Does this make sense? You're not quite as excited as you were just a little bit ago, but, but this is truth, right? And so this is what God wants us to do, and this is what he's designed for us to do, is to become exactly what we've received in him, to, to become ministers. Okay, let me, let me read this real quick. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. So this is what Jesus came to do. He, he came to make new people out of us. Oh, let me get this real quick. From now on, then, we do not know anyone in a purely human way. This is what Jesus came to do. He said, I'm not just going to know you by what I saw you do anymore. I'm not just going to know you according to the flesh, what you do right or what you do wrong, right? Even if we have known Christ in a purely human way, yet now we no longer know him in this way. These people actually walked on the earth with Jesus. You would think that would be really cool and like you'd really be like an upper scale uh, disciple if, if you could just walk on the earth with Jesus. But they were looking at him according to the outward too, right? And they said, something's happened to us when we became a new creation in Christ. We don't look on the outward anymore. Why? Because all the outward has been removed in Christ. It's not what we do right or wrong anymore. Okay? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. And look, new things have come. What's he saying? He said, all those things that you could hold against me, they've been taken to the cross. They've been... They've, been, they've received the punishment that they deserved. And now, I don't look at those things anymore. Hang with me, okay? Everything is from God who reconciles. Anybody use the word reconcile? She's an accountant, okay? <laughs> What's that? When, when things aren't in alignment, when things aren't uh, coalescing the way they should, when, when things aren't in unity, what do you have to do? You have to make them right, don't you? And God designed us, it's just like praying for Eliah today. God designed us not to just make it through life, but to know him. And our best, our best life is going to be a life with him. And what separates us from that? This whole spirit of division and who done something wrong, condemnation. And that's how the enemy wants to come. He wants to accuse. I'm going to accuse. You, you did something wrong. And so what, what Paul's saying here, he's saying, but you become in Christ, now you're a new creation. Now, now you've been given something else that's different. Now, sometimes we can get hung up on just that part of it. But let's look at where God wants to take us with this. 
And, and let's look at it like a, a weapon that we have, okay? <laughs> Everything is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That sounds like a, a British... <laughs> okay, never mind. Okay. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. So this is God's position to us right now. Sometimes we can have the attitude that God doesn't like us for stuff that we do wrong. No, he likes us. In the middle of our error, I'm not, we're not here to preach against what we do. We're, preach, we're, we're, we're compelling to where we can go. If we can go to the Father's side, he's there to forgive us. He's there to restore us to relationship with him. <laughs> this is actually really cool. And he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. So this, this not holding trespasses thing, he said, we, we could do this today. We could get out a sword and we could come have everybody file by and we could, I dub you a minister of reconciliation. We could say, show me what that is so I can know what that is, right? <laughs> but he said he gave it. I was thinking about this. What, what happens when somebody gives you something? What does that thing become? They have a child. We just saw out of the Bible, it says it's a gift. Okay. A gift can sit on the mantle, it can go into the toy box, or you can actually use it. Right? It can be a benefit to you. It's meant to be a benefit to you. And we're talking about weapons today. And we have somebody who could demonstrate all kinds of different weapons to us. And then we were talking last week. My brother uh, got affronted by a bear, and he had some bear spray, and he didn't know how to use it, so it didn't do him any good. So he started barking like a dog. And barking like a dog worked rather well. And, it, and we, we decided that was an inspiration by the Spirit that he, that he barked because the bear ran off. But, but it doesn't do any good to have a gift unless we use it. And you have to realize, you have to, you have to adjust. You know, it, it's like uh, if, if somebody tells you that you're supposed to be a musician and you've never thought of yourself as that. You thought of yourself as just a gamer, <laughs> right? Uh, you're going to have to make some adjustments if you're going to fulfill doing something with the gift you've been given. If we can look at being a minister, so sometimes, okay, now, <laughs> what am I doing right now? I'm, I'm endeavoring to do to the best of my ability right now to minister. What am I ministering? I'm ministering life of God. Who God is. What he desires for us. Right? And how am I doing it right now? I'm doing it because we scheduled on Sundays at 9.55. We come here. And you know what happens to me when I get ready for this? I prepare for it. Why? Because y'all are standing, you're sitting there looking at me right now. I better have something to say, right? And it better, better not just come out of my head. It better be coming. And I've spent some time praying to God. And, and it's like, God, I, I'm desperate for you to come and to do what? What is ministry? 
Right now, this isn't about me at all. I'm going to receive this because it's good stuff. But I'm here to serve you. Right? And everything I did to prepare for this was for you. (laughs) Can you see what I'm saying? A minister is no longer, it's no longer just about me. Because sometimes when we say every, all, all things are passed away, behold, all things become new, and we're thinking, me, 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 me. And God's saying, no, it's not you, 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 you. It's you becoming a minister. I've given you, and there's power in that, okay? I've given you a ministry. But I was thinking about this. It's just like that scripture we read over this child. He said, when you wake up in the morning, when you sit down to eat, when you're walking in the, in the village, when you, wherever you're going, he said, now your ministry isn't just on Sunday. It's not just, he said, you're a walking minister. But what happens when we show up full of this? And this is the power of what we've been given. When we're walking in forgiveness, when we're walking, we're walking in a confidence. Now there's words that are powerful that God's spoken over us that come alive, that explode in us. It doesn't happen just for anybody. You have to be walking in this. But there's a potential. He said, I've given this to you. Now, when this becomes your heart, When your desire is not to just offload guilt from somebody, but to actually be a part of them being reconciled to God, having a life with God, wow. Now you're changing the atmosphere when you show up. It changes the look on your face. It's, you're not just showing up for you. You know, you've heard this. There's two ways to show up in a room. Here I am, or there you are. God's saying, I'm wanting to take you to, you show up in a room and there you are. I get to share the glory of God with you. You see this? This is not a small thing. This is something Jesus came to do for us so that he can equip us. So our, our life just screams by. I, I, was, I was talking to my wife. I, this is one thing I'm having to work out because life screams by. And we, uh, we commit ourselves to, to each other and to time. To, we're supposed to go watch movies. And we're supposed to, we're supposed to sit around and eat. We're supposed to, and life is screaming by. And so much of the time, we don't give a hoot to what God has given us. And what we're going to do with it. And the amazing thing is, is he's loving us all the time saying, I just want you to listen to me a little bit. Because what you think your life is about, pleasure, enjoying, leisure, your friends, deciding to do whatever you want to do with your life. He said, no, that's not going to be worth anything unless you fulfill what I've given you to do. And it has everything to do with relationships. <laughs> okay, all right. All right, just say real quick, I love you, Pastor Stephen. I know some of you don't really know me too well, but just say it anyway, okay? All right. I forgive you of anything that I might have just recently been holding. No, okay. All right, let's let's go on real quick, because, man, this is good, and I I want us to be able to be ministered today by this, right? 
our words minister God's spirit or purpose. So how do we become this minister of reconciliation? And, and you know, we were talking about this with, with forgiveness. You cannot forgive somebody and ever rehearse what they did again. As soon as you, you're rehearsing that to anybody, you're no longer in forgiveness. You're, a, you're, you're an accuser now. All right? So our words are so critical. They, they reveal the condition of our heart towards people. Right? And you can't have a relationship with a God that's forgiven you of everything and be holding something against somebody else. Our reconciliation with God ourself is contingent upon our reciprocation of that same thing. You see that? Let's look at Isaiah 57, 19. I create the fruit of the lips. This is, this is the God of creation, the great spirit, the Holy Spirit. He says, I create the fruit of lips. Peace, peace to him who is far off and to him who is near, says the Lord. I will heal them. This is the heart of God. And how is he going to administer that? Through words. You see that? How do we become a minister? Right now, uh, if, if I were to just stand up here and I'd say, I hope y'all are getting something. <laughs> Nothing's gonna happen, right? I'm leaning completely on the Holy Spirit right now. I mean, I've got some things that I believe he gave me in my heart, but right now, everything that's coming out of my mouth, I'm leaning on the Holy Spirit to be part of that and for it to come into to every heart and make a difference in our lives, right? And I believe that this scripture that, it, that, that we're looking at right now is something I can rely upon with that. We don't have to worry about coming up with something ourselves. We just allow the Holy Spirit. He says, he's the one that forms those things. But you just have to come to me. If you will be reconciled to me, I will help you to be free of all these things. Of all these hookups, all these hang-ups, all these strongholds of unforgiveness and bondage in yourself, too. You'll be able to actually forgive yourself. Is that, is that a, that's kind of a big deal, too, isn't it? All right, let me look at this real quick. So evidence of love, mercy received is a commotion of love, mercy, in the spirit. Okay, so what happens when we become a, a minister? Now, wherever we go, there's a, a turmoil taking place in the spirit. When they dropped the atom bomb, you ever see pictures of that? I mean, the whole atmosphere was erupting, wasn't it? With fire. And, so what, <laughs> what should happen in us when we're experiencing the mercy and the forgiveness of that threat against us? It should awaken, and the evidence of it will be the awakening of a nuclear bomb in us. That it begins to affect the atmosphere around us. Okay, so what is a minister? It's an adjusted purpose from self to others. You cannot minister if you're going there for yourself. Okay, it's loaded to be used. What's that mean? What I'm getting from God is not just for me to, to, to receive it. Isn't it wonderful? I love I love. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. 
The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. And the whole purpose of those mercies is to deliver us from that spirit to enable us to impart a spirit. And when we do, it becomes powerful. So we become loaded. What are we becoming loaded with? The mercies of God that we've received and then what we can say over somebody. We can say that they are delivered. They are set free. It's always on. You don't have to wait till Sunday. You don't have to wait till 9.55 on Sunday. You don't have to put on a facade around. No, you're a walking, you're on stage all the time. You know how some people can put on a, a, a different stage face, you know? But no. He said, I've, I've called you to be this wherever you go. And so this will be also for everyone. I don't know where everybody is here today. And I'm talking about some things about God that are a little bit deep, a little bit strong. But they are directed towards everybody. This is the heart of God towards everyone. God says, I want you to, to receive of my mercy. And for you to discover that it's so great that you just can't help but exploding with that to somebody else. Instead of holding on grudges and, and, and things that you're holding against somebody, you get released from your own in my presence. And now you become a walking explosion of that spirit. If the world can put the spirit on us by its words that are never ending, we can begin to, to provide an explosion of God's grace by what we begin to declare. Can you see that? All right. Just a little bit more. Colossians 1, 19. I'm just going to read through this. Being joined with Christ produces righteousness. Okay? For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. Who's he talking about? Jesus. He said, I'm going to put everything I can into him. And by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having been made peace through the blood of his cross. And you who were once alienated. What is that? That's separated because of, of being in sin, being, being out of line with God, you who were once alienated, enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. He said, I've done it right now. What's he done it by? He's done it by his words. God sees us right now. No matter what condition we are in, no matter whether we're in fellowship with him right now, no matter we've, whether we're in, in direct rebellion against him right now, he has an attitude towards us that he said that we are in him. That he's provided Christ so that we can know him. In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. What Jesus came to do, he did it, seeing us in the condition that we are, undeserving of anything. And he said, I'm, I'm laying down my life for you right now. Right? If indeed you continue, now here's the part that I just want to encourage us in. This is God's heart. This is what he's called us to do. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm calling you a minister. You're going to be always on the stage. You're always going to be carrying this ability to explode with my glory. If you continue in the faith grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Isn't that interesting? Paul said, I even did this myself. God knocked me off a horse to turn me into a minister. 
God sent Jesus to turn each one of us into a minister. And this is, this is God's design for us to not just get free of unforgiveness ourselves, but to become ministers of forgiveness, ministers of reconciliation. If there's somebody that's bothering us in our life, I'll tell you the, the main reason they're a numbskull to you is because they're not in union with God. If they could come into union with God, those things inside of them that are so reproachable, he would care for them. Amen? Instead of being a part of the accusation against them, we can be a part of what God said about them. Amen? The victory of Christ in us is a massive impact. 2 Corinthians 2.14. But thanks be to God who always, when are we on with this? Always. That means we're supposed to be walking around like a nuclear bomb. And this can happen. Have you ever known anybody like this? It's like you can trust them that they're not going to hold something against you. My dog's really good at that. <laughs> All right, I won't spend too much time on that. But thanks be to God who always puts us on display in Christ. And listen to what he's saying here. He says, that victory that he's put inside of us, he, he puts it in a procession. He displays it to the world. That this person is living in the fullness of forgiveness. They're not just receiving it. They're administering it. And as they do, it's an explosion of who God is. <laughs> Man, I can tell. Actually. Why I like to eat at home is because you come in the house and it fills the whole room, doesn't it? Fills the whole house with roast. <laughs> Aren't you glad you don't have to go and stick your nose right above the, the thing? It fills the whole place, right? That's what God says about us. When we begin to walk in this, it becomes a fragrance. It becomes the atmosphere around us cannot be helped but be impacted by who we're walking in and living in and who we become as his minister of this thing. And through us spreads the aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. What do we need to know about God? We don't need to know everything about him. We can grow in that knowledge and it can all be good. But what do we need to know? What, do, what does our neighbor need to know? What, do, what does that person that's offended us need to know? That what they've done wrong, God's not holding against them. That they can come right to him. They can be restored to relationship with him. They can be delivered from the bondage of guilt and shame. Right? And he said, when you walk in that yourself, you will not be able to withhold the explosion, the earthquake of who God is. People will know, not because you're preaching, because you're living. Right? Okay, one more here. 
And this is Habakkuk 2.11. The power of God's delivering presence covers the whole earth. God's promised this, and it's a wonderful promise that, that his glory, his goodness, it will cover the whole earth. And how's that going to take place? It's going to take place through his weapons of mass deliverance that we are. And we have to get this vision of ourselves that this is who we are. Amen? He's called us to be this. And the wonderful thing is, we get to experience it before we minister it. In fact, our pursuit is the reception of it. And the ministering of it is just something we can't contain. Can you see this? We don't have to get under a bondage of having to, oh, now i got to become a minister. And all I wanted to do was play golf or fish. God said, you can still be a golfer. You can still be a fisher, fisherman. You can still shoot quail. Just be united with me. And wherever you go, there will be an explosion of who I am. Because the fish need to know the other fishermen, but I don't want to just be known in church. I want to be known where you're going. I want to be known in that school. I want to know in that workplace. That's the only thing about working from home now is people don't get to be together, right? And this principle that God's talking about us uh, to us is that I want you to take your relationship with me and make it so real that there's a place in this world that's only going to know God because you show up. And when you show up, you're not so consumed with yourself and being offended by somebody else that you don't show up with the goodness and the mercy of God to display like a wonderful aroma for people to smell and to be changed by. Can you see that? I don't know if I read this yet. Let me just read it before we get done here. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Sometimes before I've had the, the image of this as God's glory just kind of, but his glory is in us. We're, we're to go with his glory. And it's supposed to, it's supposed to be effective wherever it goes. Amen. The enemy wants to come in like a flood. Uh, he wants to come in, but like a flood, the, the Spirit of the Lord is raising up something against him. The enemy wants to come in and accuse. He wants to dis disable. He's wanting to divide and to conquer. And we say, no, no, I've been reconciled to God. All those things were out of line between me and God. Jesus came and he bore them for me so I don't have to get online with you. I don't have to be full of guilt and shame. I don't have to feel condemnation and I don't have to give it anymore. I don't have to participate in that anymore. I've been made a minister of getting things right. That's who I am. Amen. And wherever I go, people are going to know.